0: or by contacting me directly, Damon at exityourway.com. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone. Welcome again to the Exit Your Way Business Roundtable. With me today, I've got a, a guy that I really appreciate knowing, and it's Con Apostolopoulos. Thanks, Con, for stopping by today. Thank you for having me, Damon. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It's, it's great to get you on. You know, we've, we've talked a lot outside of this and, and, uh, your, your area of work has always, always interested in me because I think that, um, there are so many businesses that miss the opportunity to really get their people developed and engaged fully, uh, to, to maximize their, their satisfaction of the people working and the performance of the business.
1: That's so true. I mean, Many people, many companies, many leaders talk about their people as being their greatest asset. But I always ask them: So, what are you doing with that greatest asset? If they're your biggest capital in the company, what are you doing with that capital? What are you doing with that human capital? And how are you developing it? How are you utilizing it? Because at the end of the day, everybody can buy the same technology if they have the money. What yes. they can buy is the people that you have. Yes, that's that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, let's let's back
0: up a little bit, Khan, and kind of talk about, you know, what what how did you really you know, what's your background and how did you really find yourself uh, wanting to do
1: what you're doing today? That's a very interesting question. Um, So let me start off with uh, with one of my favorite quotes. Um, It says basically the two most important dates in your life are the day you come into this world and the day you figure out why. And to me, one of the things that I learned is I enjoy learning. I enjoy teaching, sharing that knowledge, sharing that information. So as I look back on my life, I realize that most of the projects, careers that I've had have always involved some level of sharing information, of teaching, of learning Mm -hmm. in that world. Um, So as I progressed through this, I started off early on in performing arts. Um, I did a lot of stage productions, a lot of TV productions at the time. And through that progression, at some point, um, I made a transition into the business world. And from there, naturally, not only did I you know, have a knack for the operational side of things, but I found myself in a situation where I was taking over a lot of responsibilities in the training and development. Now, these companies grew and they became very large through mergers and acquisitions at the time. And Mm -hmm. I found myself in an organization that had 100,000 employees spread over 100 countries. So I progressively moved from, it's like a small country. So I found myself in a situation where I was moving away from overseeing the training piece and the training function into more of a consultative role in-house. And I became a problem solver. And through that process, my company invested a lot of money in sending me out to get trained to get master certified in different programs and bring those programs back. Now, many of them involved leadership development, into personal skills, project management, and ultimately into the Six Sigma world, which is very relevant to you, I know from your manufacturing yeah. background from a lot of the things that you know. So I kind of developed a very unique perspective. Um, not only did I find a new stage to perform on, but I found myself in a situation where I was able to straddle both the people side of things, but also the process side of things. Yes. And naturally I progressed into the realm of human performance technology and in a situation where as a consultant now, I was able to fix performance problems by looking at the systems and the people and how things were set up. Did we have the right people in the right seat on the bus going the right way? And from there, I had a lot of success with my companies. Um, The interesting thing, Damon, is that, you know, Considering where we are today, I look back and I realize that different milestones, different crises have kind of impacted my career along the way, as I'm sure it has for you and for many of mm-hmm. the people in the audience. Definitely. Um, at the time, for example, when 9-11 happened, um, at the big company that I mentioned earlier was part of um, their main business was travel distribution, hotels, car rentals, uh, airline tickets. I mean, a lot of that piece, timeshares. Well, they were seriously impacted after nine eleven. Oh, yeah. So shortly after that, it forced a career change for me. It was after Katrina, actually, uh, when I you know, decided to take a career change from there. Um, I went into a lot of the, uh, the areas with restaurants and operations there. So yeah. I worked for major re- restaurant chains at the time and doing a lot of their leadership development and performance improvement. And it was 2008 now with the crisis, the financial crisis there that impact mm-hmm. the restaurant business. So we managed to survive a lot of that. And then at some point in the late 2011, early 2012, I found myself yet again, I mean, through no fault of my own, yeah, in yeah. that mix again. Yeah. Um, so all of these different milestones, these crises have kind of shaped the direction that I've taken, have presented themselves different opportunities. Because it, that's what I want people to understand. A crisis is not just a bad thing. Yeah. This shakeup creates a lot of opportunity. So let me add one more of my favorite quotes and we'll play it from there. Okay. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. So I found myself, uh, as I look back, I was probably lucky. Why? Because I had a lot of skills that were transferable and I looked for the opportunities. Now those opportunities weren't obvious. I mean, at the time it was very dark times for me. Um, I was looking around for a job like a lot of people are today. Yeah. And I got the usual. We love what you can do, Khan. You know, we really think you've got a lot of skills and experience. Yeah. yeah you you do know, yeah. I don't know that we can afford you. You ever heard that one? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I found myself in a situation where. Nobody would hire me for a job per se, but what they would pay me for is for my experience and for my knowledge. So yeah. In one way, I became an accidental entrepreneur. I found myself in a situation now where I had a lot of skills that people were willing to pay for on a contract basis, on a project basis. And all it took was one person, one person to say yes. And from there, I launched my business. That's now known as Fresh Biz Solutions. Mm -hmm. All I do is take the good ideas, the experiences that I've had from very different industries and taking those solutions that have worked somewhere else and applying them to other areas or creatively looking for for those solutions with the people on the ground or just being able to ask the dumb questions. Yes. And say, Why are you doing it this way? And yeah. you'd be surprised how many times people go, well, that's how we've always done it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's a, it's, a, it's an age, that's an age old problem. and And someone that brings that solution can bring a lot of value with common sense more than anything. And that's that's that needed needed aspect in a lot of businesses, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. So to the audience, to those people that are that are finding themselves in a situation where they feel lost, they feel uncertain about what's going on. You know, I would encourage them to keep it up. You know, sometimes when you're going through hell, you just have to keep going to get through to the other side. Yeah. You Um, don't want to stop in the middle. Definitely. (laughs) and I can tell you at that dark moment in 2012, that summer, I lost my mom. And so yeah. I had a lot of things impacting me. And I could have just, you know, stayed there. Yeah. And been stuck there. But I think in many ways, that kind of spurred me on. And I figured, you know what? What have I got to lose?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a great point. And and you know, I I think that that what what we can do as as people that have a bit more gray hair than maybe some others, <laughs> or in my case,
1: no idea that? what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, is <laughs> is really show people that are that are you know, there are a lot of people out here. If you think of the economic conditions for the last ten years, so ten years, ten years ago, somebody was getting out of high school, out of college. Now those people are in their late twenties to early thirties they're not, they're not young. They're young, according to us, but, right. but by working terms, they've been working a while. They've been out there a while and this hits, yeah. they, they, the economic conditions for the last 10 plus years have been up, 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 basically. Yep. Yeah. And they've never had to see a time like this. And I think that's where, that's where what you said a little while ago is really relevant and uh, needed for these, these younger people or, or just people that are, that are, searching to find what they what they should do or, or really to get a little bit of motivation because we've seen the ups and downs yeah. and and we know that and when you go back and even study the the times that you know successful people often had times where they were down they could have went bankrupt and just all kinds of bad things but out of that their their determination to, to continue to plodding and trudging forward uh, in the worst times is what truly made them successful when it, when it did come to be their time.
1: Yeah. And people need to to understand failure is not the opposite of success. Yeah. There is a step towards that. It's yeah. just, a success. and that's the difference. You, you look at it and you say, all I have to do is get up one more time. Yes. I may and, be knocked down, but all I have to do is get up one more time.
0: Yeah. If you get it one more time, then the person across from you, you
1: win. That's exactly it. And that's where, again, we find ourselves today and you look around that the world that we live in right now is very different than the one that we started off the year. I mean, everybody started off 2020 with the best intentions, thinking Mm -hmm. we're going into a brand new decade. Man, this has been roaring these past few years. The economy has been booming. You can do no wrong. I mean, if you're a business owner out there, if you're a senior leader thinking about that, your concerns were very different back then than Mm -hmm. they were now. If you're an HR person, for example, you were thinking about, okay, how can I get uh, more tuition reimbursement for my employees and things like that for them to grow and develop and all this stuff? And you were thinking very differently about your benefits. Now, what's the top of your list for your benefits thing? Probably mental health. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and that – that's affecting as, as we know, and, and, uh, you and Dr. Elia talk about it, it, it is, it is an epidemic now. And, and just as, as we've talked about in other things too, and, and you, you guys point out in your book, the the seven keys of navigating the crisis, uh, it, it's affecting everyone, everyone in some way, shape or form. And, and you know, there there really are phases that people need to recognize and understand going through something like this, even if things are going well, because it's affecting so many of us, uh, on, uh, so many of the people around us, even if it's not affecting us terribly negatively.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and I don't want to seem like I'm all sunshine and rainbows. I have yeah. a positive attitude about things, but because that comes from, like you said, a lot of gray hair and I've been through a lot and yeah. keeping things in perspective there is a difference between you know danger and fear i mean danger is very real what we're facing right now physically emotionally financially and otherwise that's real Uh, but what we can't do is allow fear to to cloud our judgment and our reaction to things Mm -hmm. we need to steal ourselves for a lot of the things that are happening and prep ourselves appropriately but what we can't do is allow fear to take us in a direction where we're not making good decisions for ourselves and others Yes. And, you know, you're going to react very, very differently, Damon. I mean, you and I have talked about that, whether on on sessions like this or beyond that. Uh, You know, in our book with Dr. Ilya, we describe the four different typical reactions that people have. And when you're dealing with the multitude of crises that we have right now, I mean, people find themselves sometimes feeling like a victim. All of a sudden, you know, their world has come upside down. Yeah. And they'll typically react in such a way. So why is this happening to me? What's going on? Well, in a rational state they'd realize it's not happening just to them it's happening to everybody Mm -hmm. and the world is not conspiring to get to them but why are they reacting that way because they're missing something perhaps they feel like they're out of control perhaps they don't have a say in things and they are feeling like a victim or you know they become a critic they start criticizing everything no matter what you tell them you know hey damon i think you need to wear a mask to protect yourself well that's stupid i'm not going to wear a mask well, OK, why Why don't you just go out? Forget about it. We'll all get sick and then we'll be fine. Well, you're trying to kill me. And yeah. it's those kind of things where there's nothing productive in that. We yeah. react like critics again because something's missing because we don't believe we don't see the plan. We don't understand the logic, the why behind things. Yes. Or, you know, we might even act as bystanders like the deer in the headlights where we're really unsure what we're going to do. We just hide in our corners. And I'm going to say, you know what? Hey, I'm just going to let Damon take charge of that one. I'm going to let him go out and kind of adventure. And if it's safe, I'll come out as well. Yeah. That's not effective either. No. So the way that we've approached it with Dr. Ilya in our book is we recommend people move towards a different position. And that's the mode of a navigator. And we talk about navigating a crisis or two or three or four or five that we have right now. If you add the fires that you guys have out west. Yes. You look at all of these different things. And you realize that a navigator isn't somebody necessarily that has all the answers or has been here before in this exact spot, but they're utilizing a lot of attributes and common sense and experience to find ways to move beyond this, to get to a better place. Yeah. And I think really like you're talking about it,
0: and it's not that the people that are, that are, that are being a navigator know what they're doing, exactly what the hell they're going to do or where they're going. It's just they're getting up and saying, I know I have to go and I think this is the best direction. And then they're taking a step and then they're taking another one after it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about these kind of transitions right now. I mean, there's there's a beginning and a middle and an end to what we're dealing with, to this crisis and any other one. The problem that people don't realize is that it starts with an ending. What's ended is the way that we used to have things. Six months ago is gone. It's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, how are you and I feeling? I mean, we went through this whole thing. We grieved. We grieved the situation. We felt the denial. We felt the anger. We felt the depression. We felt all of those emotions that Mm -hmm. go with grief until we got to acceptance. Yeah. And then we said, okay, well, we got to move forward, right? Yeah. This is what you're dealt, so you got to go with it. Correct. So now we're in that in-between, that middle phase. Yes. We're done with the ending. Now we're in the middle. Yes. Well, in the middle, what's happening? You're kind of all up in, in the air. I mean, it's like you're free-falling. And you don't know, you, have, you don't have anything to hold on to that's solid. You don't know what's going to happen. But this is the time where if we can get by our beyond our initial fear, this might be exactly the time when we can try new things this is the time where when you were a kid and you were jumping off that rock into the water you felt like you were flying you were a superhero for that split second you were flying and perhaps that's what we need to get back to where we need that courage to say you know what i'm going to try something new perhaps it's a new twist on my business perhaps it's a new career move perhaps it's that job that project that i always wanted to start You know what? I don't miss the two-hour commutes. I don't know many people that do. Yeah. So maybe not everything has changed, but maybe it's an opportunity to change the things we didn't like. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we get to that third phase, which is the beginning, the new beginning, the next normal. Because you know what? There's going to be a next normal after that, and we got to get used to that.
0: Yes, that is for sure. You know, and when you look at it and you go – Really, what COVID has done is it accelerated a lot of things that were happening already, but it accelerated years into months, and and that's probably what made it the hardest for a lot of people. Outside of the fact of joblessness and 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 those kind of things, the economic conditions. But you know, because the in my mind anyway, and I'm not an expert by any means, I think the remote the remote work is here to stay. Uh, I, I think that it's you know there's there's too many advantages to it uh, for for businesses when you look at what you're in 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 human capital development and management, the fact that I have a fair amount of my positions now that I can I can do virtually from anywhere and you know maybe in the same time zone but maybe anywhere in the world it it makes a, a huge difference there. But, uh, you know, and then, and then when you look at the fact of the flexibility in your workforce too, even, even if it's flexibility, because you talk about the two hour commute and, and worse, because there was some of that going on, obviously, even if you can go a flexible work week where you have a, a couple days in the office, like normal, if you could get back to that, right? And, and a, a couple days working from home or something like that, you, you, the, the amount of stress reduction that 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 commute relieving you from that commute uh, is huge when you look at that on someone's life and and you're exactly right I'm one that spent over a hundred hours in a car every month that's just the way it was you're out driving talking to people every single day every day and if you didn't you feel like you needed to and uh, here you know that that's only traveling 30 40 miles you can actually travel a bit farther than that or even get on a plane and go farther and I could go 30 or 40 miles, but uh, it's, it, it's, the, it's the reality. And we yeah. can now do these things like we are now uh, and, and be a lot more productive.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's changed people's consciousness about what, what's acceptable and what isn't. I mean, yeah. 20 years ago, I was leading a task force that was experimenting or exploring options, doing a pilot program, if you will, for a remote workforce. And this was for call centers at the time. Uh The two things, the two things that was holding things back, the, the senior leadership from making the decision to pull the trigger, because the numbers were there, the financials were there. It made sense. We had enough people that were willing to volunteer for the program that it made sense. The two things that were missing trust with the employees and technology. What's happened now? You look at the situation now and all of a sudden, the same people, the same leaders that were saying, well, I don't know, Damon, if you can work one day a week from home. Yeah. i now saying, Damon, I want you to go home and come back in 2021. Yeah. They didn't hesitate to send their workforce home and say, do the best you can. And guess what happened? People not only were productive. Leaders had to go back and say, whoa, 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 stop. Stop, because you can't stay on the computer 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You're going to burn yourself out so productivity changed and people started looking at people's performance based on that productivity rather than how many hours they were on the computer or at their station the second thing is technology look at where we are right now how many meetings have you had with people across the globe Damon? like you were in the same room i can't even count anymore can't even count now, now this is very doable to me we have the opportunity Yes. the opportunity to, to to expand our businesses to expand our network to meet people that normally would not have met but mm-hmm. it also creates um a very interesting dynamic i'm gonna i'm gonna pull the thread that you started with the acceleration you know covid indeed has accelerated everything i mean we are already headed we're already in the fourth industrial revolution we're mm-hmm. already in a place now where businesses is, is taking leaps and bounds again mm-hmm. um, The growth mindset that's required now from business leaders, from business owners is incredible, but it also requires them to think in what we call the leadership paradox. They're required now to really synthesize, to take what looks like opposite ideas and pull them together in the same thread. Yes. And really think of them at the same time. So on one hand, for example, let me give you an example of that. Like I was saying with people, with, with leaders that disperse their workforce, on one hand, they have to empathize with the fact that all of a sudden people have kids at home. They have pets. They have, they can't leave their house or they have to deal with things a certain way. There needs to be a certain level of empathy with people's circumstances. Not everybody has the luxury that you and I have, perhaps, to have a home office. Mm-hmm. They may have to do it at the kitchen table. They may have yeah. to share uh, the uh, a dining room table with their with, with their sixth grader. Yeah, the same network. Very real, very real challenge these days. Right. So we have to be empathetic as leaders, as business owners. But on the other hand, we have to show tough love and still maintain certain boundaries. Otherwise, people will burn out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one example. Let me give you another one. I have to really think what's the possibilities of my digital enterprise? How many people can I reach through this? more than i normally could if i just went out my front door and started yelling right i have to capitalize on that digital aspect of my technology yes but it's and also there, requiring me to be a lot more human and a lot more real yes that, so that's right sure. oh excuse so, me i interrupted there yeah so high tech but also high touch yes and it's one of those things that's required you now if you if you had a dispersed workforce you would have to reconnect with them very differently Through the digital medium, Mm -hmm. but you also have to connect with them in real terms. You have to shut the proverbial door to your office and say, hey, Damon, how are you really doing? Yeah. Everything okay? Yes. I mean, these are the things that we have to look at. I mean, here's a third example for you. I mean, just again, if I'm looking at it saying, "Okay, I have to be able to look beyond the borders. Where can I expand my business offerings, my network outside of that internationally? But because I can't travel there because of the restrictions, I have to source a lot of things locally. Mm -hmm. I have to work with the things I have locally. So it's that contradiction again, that paradox that now leaders need to do. And that's what I'm consulting a lot of my clients on right now, being able to understand that and grow. How do you turn the work that you're doing, the investment from COVID now, preparation and how you're handling things, into your competitive advantage yes. how can you sell that
0: yes that's for sure that's for sure and uh andrew, andrew said something <laughs> this is this is so true it's so true that you know it is a shame that it took a, ta- a pandemic for us to realize some of these things and, and see some of the things and and the other thing that i really think uh that some places you don't see this, but I really think it and, and brought the human back into business because it it it, uh, it really has in some respects.
1: Mm-hmm. Because and, think, and think about it this way. I mean, in the past, a lot of leaders have to manufacture crises in order to get their people moving. Yes. I mean, left to our own devices, we love being fat, dumb, and happy. We love yeah. complacency. Yeah, I mean, We're yeah. not going to pick up and change things if we don't have to. Yes, liberation. it's what it is. Yeah, we like our comfort zone. It yeah. takes a lot to get us out there, but it's an important part of growing because you're not going to grow in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And if we can, if life has dealt us the situation, these lemons, let's turn them into lemonade. Yes. Let's let's make this a situation where now we look at it and we say, how can we capitalize on this? I mean, yeah. I can guarantee you, Uber airbnb didn't exist prior to 2008 the way they are now yes and maybe they go back down because of the pandemic but what's going to grow maybe it's zoom and webex and whoever else does virtual conferencing exactly i exactly. mean you look at these different platforms now wouldn't you have liked to have stock in those oh yes
0: yes and that's in it you're, you're exactly right it, it is it, it is in this uncomfortable time when things are changing there are there are opportunities if people keep their eyes open and it's everything from the simple the restaurants that embraced uh mm-hmm. delivery or takeout in the beginning you know when that when that was allowed and the restaurants weren't allowed to be open i know that was the lifeline for a lot of them uh, at least in our area it was and uh and it was it was beforehand for some and i think those restaurants were the ones that were the first to to feel like hey it's going to be okay because they had already made that leap Where others that didn't have that presence didn't understand how to do it had to go a long ways to get there Um, and you know from our standpoint we see a lot of businesses now that the businesses that we've worked with or that we know that have that digital like you said that digital presence and the did and and we're already doing that working down that road because it's not an easy road you can't just wake up tomorrow and and be digital but the ones that are and and we're down the roadways some have just exploded during this time yeah um, in the e-commerce space and, and some of those things but the other ones that 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 dug in mm-hmm. when COVID hit and said you know we're just going to wait it out those are a lot of the ones that have, have died or are really having trouble yeah if they haven't died
1: i mean think about it even in the most basic terms i mean darwin said it it's the flexible that will survive it's not the strongest it's the most flexible and adaptable that survives and yeah. that's part of what companies need to understand just because I'm a small business or a smaller operation i can still be flexible i mean like you said that that mom and pop restaurant that you know what said i can't re- i can't bring customers into my into my establishment okay i'm going to turn my wait staff into delivery staff Yes. I want to, you know what? I'm going to put a chair outside my, my establishment and see if I can use the space outside the sidewalk. I'm yep. going to move my kitchen out so my back of the house staff are a little bit more social distance and I can protect them and my customers from that. Mm-hmm. Now, what can you do within your business? And you look at that situation. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at some of the comments out there, and yes, you how many of these businesses are extinct now, the ones that refuse to change? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Sears. Yeah, yeah, there's that's a that's an example.
0: I mean, when you look at, at our age, mm-hmm. that that was they were a staple. Oh, they yeah. were, Sears was a staple. Yeah. I mean, you go back and and I'm not talking about it. I'm talking before us. The hell, mm-hmm. that's a long time ago. But they were the ones with Sears catalog, yeah. and, and you know, and and people that that's talking about it don't even know what the hell catalogs are. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, but you know, it's exactly right. The ones that don't change it just you know, you've got to look. And I I was reading, and it's funny, some of the bigger companies are actually now embracing what's happening. I was reading an article, I think this morning about Walmart and about how Walmart is changing. You know, they got these behemoth stores, but they're changing them because of COVID. They know that people are going to have their list of things and they're going to go in and want to get it and get out, right? That Not the three-hour trip into the store. I I mean, because I lived in the South for a while, and I'm not saying anything about the South different anywhere else, but Walmart was an experience. It was, you go there for hours sometimes, and, and uh, they, now they've, they've adopted this way. There's more map, they've come out with a new concept with more maps to get to your items faster. They've consolidated all like items in an area rather than having them spread out to try to disperse and have people buy them randomly in different spots. Right. And I really think that's an example of a, of a company that is going to um, at least trying to make a change based on the next normal.
1: Correct. And they realize that the client, the customer's priorities have changed. I mean, in the past, they used to design the stores in such a way that, you know what, they wanted to get the max by making you go the longest route. Through yes. this. So you would look at all of the different things yeah. that you didn't even have on your list. Yes. Now people are so focused on that list that they they won't do that anyway. So if they feel they have to spend three hours at Walmart, they'll just order online. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: laughing because Andrew's giving me a bad time about my shirt. I put put this orange shirt on because a couple, uh, a couple months ago or so, uh, Michael Connor made fun of my red plaid shirt when we were doing an event someplace. And I, I saw this one and I thought, well, it's, you know, it's October. It's, it's Halloween time. I'm going to put on the orange one and let people laugh about that. See, but if I was in Tennessee, people would love this with the volunteer. It's almost volunteer orange. So If in Knoxville, yep. Everything
1: in yeah. there, even the toilet paper is orange.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I've been there. It's a good time, but yeah. So it's, you're exactly right, though. These these people are are uh, these companies are seeing this. They're they're making changes. They're doing the things they do. Even even the companies that are that are digital already are seeing the changes in the way that they they had to react. I mean, don't, When you look now in the Amazon Prime, which used to be you know rock solid delivery the next day or two days, is they've been overrun, and uh, you know they're they're getting it back, but it's still. I really wonder, as as we look at this thing and coming into the next normal and beyond, how much of the buying patterns, the eating out patterns, and none of those things are changed forever, uh, significantly.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, considering the the duration of this, and we're not even through it yet. Oh yeah, we're this is going to be far-reaching, and that's why I think the book Seven Keys to Navigating a Crisis is so relevant not just for today, but for tomorrow and next year yeah. and beyond, because we're always going to be dealing with crises. But this is the part that people need to realize. This is a next normal. We need to we need, we need to look at that very differently. And the best way to predict the future, quite honestly, Damon, is to create it or to yeah. be part of that and yeah. start experimenting, start testing new things, because you know what? All of a sudden now people are realizing that they have permission to try new things, to do things differently. hmm I mean, that's the big part of that. But at the same time that we look at what's changing, it's important for us to look at what's not changing. And that's part of where it keeps us grounded a little bit because, yeah, we're, we're in transition right now, but there are some things that are still the same. Companies mm. are still expected to perform. They still need customers. Mm-hmm. Their customers still need their services in many ways. We might reprioritize, but like you said, we still need to get our groceries from somewhere. Yes. So... Yeah. Part of what's happening right now with my clients, for example, with FreshBiz Solutions, a big part of what we're doing is we're trying to take what we call our performance framework, the services that we provide to our to our clients. I love that, Andrew. Thank you. So, what we provide to our clients and say, okay, how does this work? How does this apply in a COVID world or in a post-COVID world? Yes. Well, the areas that we touch on, I mentioned it with the human capital management, the human capital development. I mean, at the end of the day, it's making sure you have the right people on the right seat on the bus going the right direction. Mm -hmm. So we start with them. We go back and we revisit revisit their culture and we say, do your strategic goals still apply? Do you need to change something? And if you do, what's going to change and how do we communicate that out to your people so everybody gets on board? If you have to make tough choices, are you making them based on what you are as a company, your mission, your vision, your values, your story? Because I can guarantee you, there are companies that are making rash moves right now. They're, they're, they're letting a lot of people go because they're trying to cut costs without thinking about it, Mm -hmm. but they're losing a lot of talent. They're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yes. They're letting people go that made that company. Yes.
0: And that's, that's a trap. I think, I, I think that's a, that's a, horrible trap for some of these companies because it's the the short-sightedness or the error in judgment by really looking first at what your company needs to look like now and into the future before you make those moves is critical because the very people that are the very resources it's people it's cap is equipment it's whatever facilities all this stuff shedding all this stuff you could very well find yourself in a spot that yes i'm I've, I've cut my costs or or whatever
1: I'm trying to do there, but I've cut the exact resources that I need. And that's another paradox, for example, you want to trim the fat, but if you cut too deep into the muscle, you've got a problem now.
0: Yes, yes. So
1: there's another thing. So we talk about that with our clients and try to help them understand that. What's, what's the long game here? What are they best suited to do? And what's going to maintain their reputation in the market, their reputation with their customers? And we take a lot of those seven keys that we wrote for individuals and we apply them to companies as well. Yes. Then we look at the aspect of, you know, one of the other areas that that's very big for Fresh Biz Solutions is providing training solutions is providing development and competence development. Well, when we look at that, now's a good time to upscale, to retool your, your staff. I mean, if you're going to be working on a digital medium now to get to your clients, if you have a sales force that won't be able to go and pound the pavement and knock on doors, how are they going to do it this way? Are mm. you training them? Are you getting them ready? So these are the things where we need to look at. Are you training, preparing your workforce for this new environment? Because I can guarantee you the most important skill, the growth mindset that we talked about is your ability to learn, unlearn, and then relearn.
0: It's the yeah. yeah. all changing. Yes. and you know it's i was writing it down here because as, as you're talking about that one of the things i think that you hit on that is is key for so many industries right now and so many is virtual selling and this is never gonna i mean not never but it it is going to take a heck of a while before travel is normal and and you're out doing what they were doing you know nine months ago or whatever the heck it is 10 it's been a while now but, uh, you know, it be, when you're out on the road, some of these people were gone five days a week. They were seeing clients. They were doing their sales. And if they haven't gotten over that hurdle of, okay, what are the new – how do I sell in the virtual world? How do I, you know, everything from what does that, that appointment look like mm-hmm. to what are we talking about in those appointments? Because when you think about what is, what's happening all around us, even if I just said, okay, I'm going to do this appointment virtual, I'm doing the same appointment. It would be, it would be a disaster. Yeah. It's, it's a disaster because the, because as you said, and, and we all know there's so many other factors that are in people's lives right now, because the work and, and the life, all are just one big jumble for a lot of people and it just doesn't work
1: the same. Right. And yeah. exactly to that point, it brings me to the next thing, the next area, engagement. So part of what we help our clients with is understanding how do they engage their people? Okay, so they can do the job. The question becomes, will they do the job? Yes. And a big part of this is that empathy, that understanding that leadership has to have with their people. But it's also, it's no longer work-life balance, Damon. Now it's work-life integration. It doesn't yes. stop. Yes. And I might have to work at 10 o'clock at night when I put the kids to bed. In order to get my job done in order to keep that going yeah. and there needs to be an understanding of that but think about it the different way your people may have answers to what the heck are we going to do going forward you know what as as an owner as a senior leader you may not have to have all of the answers why not engage your workforce why yeah. not say you know what i want to keep this thing afloat what are you willing to do how can you help me how can you help the business how can you help yourself? Mm -hmm. Engage your workforce. Ask those questions. We coach executives all the time and emerging leaders on this thing. Part of this is really getting the most out of your people. And you know what? People want to be part of that. If they feel that they're included, they won't feel like a victim. They won't feel like a critic. They won't feel like a bystander.
0: They'll
1: feel like a navigator that's helping make things better.
0: Yeah, if they're if yeah exactly if they're helping you find the path and and have input in where we're going, it, it they will be there with you and they will they will put their minds and their hearts into it and that's really what anyone wants in a business is when you can get someone's mind and their heart you you yeah. that's all you can expect.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you look at it the the numbers are staggering. I mean, Gallup poll after Gallup poll year over year. I mean, pre-COVID, it was it was a fact. One out of three maybe were committed to their job engaged. The other two-thirds were either disengaged or they were looking for their next job. Yeah. Yeah. They were even sabotaging things. Yeah. yeah exactly. Andrew's right. I yeah. mean, they often, the people closest to the work typically have the answers. They know what's going on. Yeah. They know who your clients are and what they're thinking. Yeah. Engage them. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Then, The fourth area that we work on from a human capital management standpoint and how we impact performance is, we get your best performers now, not just to engage and and have the knowledge, but to work together. So we bring the teamwork element and figuring out how do we best function together? How do we play nice in the sandbox? Mm -hmm. How can we get all of these different talented people involved and pulling in the same direction? Because most of the time, Unless you coordinate them, they could be pulling in opposite ends. It becomes a turf war. It becomes a lot of different things. And right now, especially, you can't afford that. Yes, yes. They Uh, need to be aligned and being able to work together.
0: Well, and yeah, and and as as we want to have in our workforces now, it's going to be diverse. Mm -hmm. It's going to be diverse both from a people standpoint, who they are, their experience, all this kind of stuff but then they're going to be geographically dispersed. Yeah. So it, it creates another level in there and another challenge for you to do it. But it is the same challenge that we've been dealing with for a long time. It just presents itself in a different way because of what we're dealing with now.
1: I mean, the other day I, I had the privilege of, of, of having a conversation like this one um, with a friend of mine who leads a, a, an IT team over at Adidas, North America. And there were members of his team dispersed all over Yes, North America and beyond. And it was fascinating to see the diversity uh, of people, of faces, of experiences just on this team alone and how each one of them felt about this. But the mm-hmm. fact that we worked together to try to bring them on board and hear them and understand them and have that empathy, the feedback that I got afterwards is that it made such a big difference for them. And to me, there's nothing better. I mean, you and I are in this first and foremost to help people, to help companies and yep. people that are running those companies and a part of those companies. We are here to serve. So from that perspective, there is no better feeling than watching a group come together and really being able to execute well.
0: It, it is an incredible feeling. It yeah. is an incredible feeling. You know, I used to, I used to use a simple sentence when when people would say, because a lot of times when when you're a leader in a business, Uh, or in anything, really, people think you have all the answers. And and as soon as you show them that, hey, you don't have all the answers, but then you can ask a magic question, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And listen to them. And give them good good feedback or utilize the idea as it is, because it might be the best idea. But when you start to do that and you cultivate those kind of relationships with with your entire team what do you think how do we all we get because we have to use all of this yeah. to be the best we can it's it's really it really is special yeah. and and it, and it will it will allow as, as uh Andrew says a lot of times you know small companies can innovate faster than others and I, I believe it's because they harness that diversity and ask questions like that it's just simply easier in in a smaller company to get that kind of uh, connection and, and do
1: that but, and he's uh, absolutely right that is the magic that's that's the character that's the culture of the company because at the end of the day culture is nothing more than the way we do things yes that's essentially what it is I mean you and I walk into companies all the time within what five, 10, 30 minutes maybe you can mm-hmm. tell what the culture's like when you oh, start yeah. talking to people and start observing
0: yep. Yeah, you can in a, in a minute, you can, it's, it's from the, it's from the way the person greets you when you're walking in, it's from, you look at the landscaping on the outside of the building, you look at the, you know, the, just all, everything you can, yeah. you can walk through and, you know, if you're driving, if, if you, if even if it's as simple as this, if you hire a plumbing, a, a person that comes to do your plumbing work for you, And that person is meticulous about the way they walk in and the way they do. And I'm not talking about the work I'm talking about. They come in and they're, they've got their uniform on. They put their little booties on. They don't, they're very polite at the door. They explain, you know, the whole nine yards. They do this just perfect. Right. That attention to detail is a cultural thing, but what it does to them as a business is phenomenal. Oh yeah. And yep. it, it just it just drives and it drives our competitors crazy because that costs very little mm-hmm. to do that. But mm-hmm. the immense difference it makes in the long run is is incredible.
1: And that's a great point. And that brings me to the last area that, that that we focus on with Fresh Biz Solutions. And that area is your people systems. Because you can take good people if you put a good person in a bad process in a bad system. That system's going to win. Yes. So you got to make sure that everything from how you select those people, because you're going to pick the people, not just for their technical skills, but for that kind of character, that kind of service attitude, because that you can't teach easily. You hire for the behaviors and the attitudes that you can't teach. You want to make sure that not only are you bringing them in, you're onboarding them, you're training them, you're rewarding them, you're managing them. And you're promoting them for all those right things, the consistent pieces that are in line with your culture and everything else, which then brings it back full circle. I've worked with companies that throw money away because their systems are not aligned. And they're they're getting the getting the results that they're paying for, but they're not the results they want because yeah. they don't understand the difference. hmm. And that's when people tell me I don't have money to spend on training, for example. To me, I can show them five different ways where they're wasting money. Yeah. You get, for every dollar they spend, they can get four, $10 back for each one of those dollars. Yes. That person was hired because of their attitude and trained to the company standards and culture to represent them. They are an ambassador of your company. How mm-hmm. do you want to be seen by your clients? Yes.
0: Yes. And that's, that is... You, you hit the nail on the head there it's it's training is not optional anymore and this is part of the the changing workforce too as i was talking about those people that we were talking about that are 10 years out of out of out of uh, high school or college now they've been in this economic times and they and they are also millennials and they are also the ones that when when you look at people in businesses that don't deal with a lot of millennials, they wonder why millennials don't work out in their business And a lot of it is the onboarding and the culture piece. That when you know twenty years ago, a lot of people just simply, hey, you got the skills. Here's what you're going to do, and you're kind of thrown into it, and you have to figure it out. That that was not the right way to do it. First of all, and and we knew it. Yeah. But now it it's the difference between being able to. Hire in the first place because they will ask about what the onboarding is like, yeah. and and then to keep anybody and and develop them for the long term.
1: I mean, what, what were you and I talking about in January when we we when there was such a shortage of talent when the unemployment rate was yeah. below four percent and everybody was screaming we can't find good people to work. Yes. Well, guess what? The companies that I work with right now, I'm asking them to go against their their. Initial instinct to fire everybody or to cut costs. And I say now's the time to train. Now's the time to go and grab that talent that your competitor just unleashed out on the street. They just dumped them. Exactly.
0: If you can do that, that is that is you will win coming out of this. Because if you if you have spent the time to develop the right training and you can hire people and they're good people, you can get better people. And not I should say that's not the right way to say it, but you can you can develop a much stronger workforce.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can upgrade your talent significantly right now. Smart yeah. companies are doing that right now, Damon. Now's yeah. the time.
0: Yeah, and the and the tech companies. I've got a client that we work with, and they're they they do development, software development, right? They they go now because of the geogra- geographic diversity they can do. They're hiring people outside of the tech areas. Their clients that are in San Francisco no longer have to worry about hiring somebody in San Francisco. They're hiring people in Tulsa yeah. and, and, you know, Mankato, Minnesota, where they, they can find a developer that wants to live there and yeah. doesn't have to worry about paying, a you know, an entry level
1: $1.5 million home price. Yeah. And I mean, Friedman, Friedman wrote a book more than 10 years ago about the world is flat. And he was talking about the, the globalization of talent right now. Yeah. We're back to that point where now you can have a dispersed workforce. You've got what we call digital nomads working and living anywhere in the world. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, even even look at a company like ours, our our company. We've got three, four people in our company. And we have at any one time, three to seven or ten even gig workers going at any different time doing different things in the U S and across the world. You just, you find the talent where you can get it the, to do what you need when you need it. It Absolutely. just, it's just so much, so much that 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 businesses are losing out if they're not considering that when they do it anymore.
1: Right. So yeah. that's the difference right now between those companies that are adaptable, flexible, willing to pivot and look at their business model very differently. What yeah. am I going to keep as the core of what I still need to deliver? What am I about? but let me be flexible about how I deliver it and even who delivers it.
0: Yes. Yes. I don't know. Andrew's kind of reaching here. He thinks that maybe Park City, we could get people to work
1: there. I don't know. Maybe good, but I don't know about the talent pool there, Andrew.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It might be jumping in a thin, shallow, shallow pool but <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, this is, this has been an interesting conversation con because, you know, there are, I, I think really for me, I've been ready to do this for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is the, the COVID thing. Yeah. It sucks. Just, mm-hmm. just, just get it over. It sucks. Yeah, okay. It and i i moved beyond that a long time ago that that it sucks and there's there you know there's a lot of people out of work and there's only so much we can do but you know when you when you take that and go okay that's the situation and then do what you can going forward like you said chart the path take the steps forward and and as as you guys wrote in your book uh seven keys to navigating a crisis i mean get in navigation mode and figure out where the hell you're going to go at least the best you know the best direction you think today because in my mind sitting there uh, worrying about you know being the critic being the, all those four things does not do you any good it right. doesn't you know get through it gets be sad over it but then start moving forward whether it's for a job or, or whether it's how do you need to move your business it really doesn't matter what it is right. but until you do that and, and make that step forward i mean you're really kind of spinning in circles.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly it. And the seven keys to navigating a crisis in the book, I mean, we lay out a roadmap, a very practical guide that, yeah, it was written originally for the individual. It's an easy read. It's an easily consumable piece, but what you can draw from that is the simple messages that you need to carry through in your life beyond or as a business leader. I mean, the same rules apply. I mean, we talk about, for example, self-care, for, for an individual, self-care means one thing. I mean, really recharge your battery. Make sure that you're not running yourself ragged during this time. To your point, you know what? There's the physical aspect of COVID. Yeah. Hey, Pete. It's good to see Professor Pete out there. But at the same time, there's the emotional, the mental, the yeah. spiritual. Take care of all those things. Yeah. But for a company, self-care means do I need to update my benefits offering? Do I need to look at my people very differently? Do I need to check on them? to see what's going on. Do I need to adapt my, my workplace so they can feel safe? Because right now, Damon, we have to re-onboard all these people. Yes. They're returning back into a workplace that's very different from the one they left.
0: Yes. Yes. Y- yeah, if they're going to return. And, right. and And then how do you, you know, they're just so much, there are just so many different different things that they're going to be dealing with throughout this, and it, it is a, um, and it's, and, it, and we're just at this phase. I mean, right. it's going to change again and, and again, you know, before we, before we get into twenty twenty one, I'm sure, but it's, uh, it's just one of those things. I think it's time, uh, you know, me personally, anyway, and and I know we talked about this a lot. It's 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 time for us to figure out where we, sh- you know, the direction we should go.
1: Right. I mean, with with your line of work, with the exit ex- exit your way team, this is a big part of what you do. With my team at Fresh Biz Solutions we have answers for our people yeah if you're gonna wait till 2022 before you start putting things in gear it's gonna be too late yeah let us help you now i mean this is the big thing i mean for you for me for the people that are out there that are providing similar services ask somebody you trust get the help you need individually and for your company and start moving now start planning now do the things that you can so you're ready to your point again i'll say it again luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity be that, prepared and when the opportunity comes up you'll get really lucky
0: that is for sure that is for sure well con it's been great talking to you today man and and as as always just an inspiring conversation and and man i can see how you're helping people and and it's just got to be a, a thrill to be able to to do some of the things
1: you do So if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Well, the simplest way, if they're on LinkedIn, they can find me there under Coach Khan. That's my that's my moniker there. Um, Or they can go to my website, www.freshbizsolutions.com. And all of the contact information and all of the details of what we talked about are there. Um, If they're looking for some answers, go get the book, Seven Keys Navigating a Crisis.
0: Yep. And that's on Amazon, right? Correct. Yeah, it is. It is. Cause I've got, I've got the Kindle version. I'm not, a. am not a, I've got a couple paper books, but I need, I actually need to get that one in on paper so I can take it with me easier.
1: But, well, Dr. Ilya and I may be putting out an audio book if you'd like to do that while you're running around. Oh,
0: that's good too. Cause I do, I've got multiples in some, but, and, and we'll also, for those listening, we'll also have uh uh, Fresh Biz Solutions in the in the comments on our YouTube video, and then on the again on the page on our website when we we'll get it up there. But again, thanks a lot, Kon Apostolopoulos, Fresh Biz Solutions author of Seven Keys, co-author excuse me, Dr. Yelia and you and yourself wrote uh, Seven Keys to Navigating a Crisis. Thanks for being on the Eggs of your Way Roundtable today. Thank you for having me, David. You bet. Bye, everyone.